Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Oilers Live on the drive home. My name is Michael, also known as Oilers Live. I've got my co-host Dash in the park tonight joining me. We're live here on edmontonsportstalk.com, which you can find us at on TuneIn at edmontonsportstalk.com. I always like to say special thanks to Dustin Nielsen, Matt Iwanek, Tom Gazzola, Lieutenant Eric, and the rest of the gang for the opportunity. And Heavy Hockey is also live on youtube.ca slash heavyhockey. Make sure you like and subscribe while you're there. Join us uh, later tonight as well, 9 p.m. Mountain for Fantasy Hockey Hacks coming up later tonight, part of the Heavy Hockey Network. Welcome, Dash. I mean, this is uh, where every time we come here, we're we're on the uh, Oilers win streak, and this is no different, you know, and it's week after week of talking about the Oilers winning, which can usually be... You know, when a team's winning like this, it can usually be a pretty boring time. But uh, still lots lots of Oilers uh, news to talk about. We're going to talk about Corey Perry tonight. We'll talk about what to do about certain players, how Corey Perry slots in. Uh, we'll talk about Ryan Smith as well. You have a preference as to where you want to start tonight? Boy. No, I'll follow along. Let's just All go. Right. All right. Well, I guess, I guess that works for me. All right. Uh, good to see you. Yeah. Good to see you. Good to see you. I love the uh, change up there with the uh, Heritage Classic uh, hoodie and the Heritage Classic jersey behind you. Looking good. I love that. Everybody says they don't love the uh, pants and the gloves. I kind of like them. What's your thought? No, I didn't like the pants and the gloves either. I mean, I get where they were coming from. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, replicate the jersey and that's just fine. I think you don't need to replicate the whole uniform. Jersey did look Whatever. good. Though. I don't want to start a show like this talking about negative. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anybody in Edmonton that's in a bad mood right now. <laughs> well, everybody did love the jersey and that jersey is undefeated, might add. Yep. Yeah. So nothing wrong with that. That's pretty positive. Uh, yeah, 14, uh, 14 in a row. Who would have thought? Well, uh, there's <laughs> one guy that did think. Uh, and uh, Dash is uh, said from the start, thought it would might be a hot take, as did everybody, uh, but that the Oilers uh, could go undefeated in January. Now there's still a couple more games left, uh, but uh, it's Chicago and it's the Predators. It's looking, uh, it's looking like everything's coming up bases for you, man. Hot take, uh, insane take. Uh, I was called some names, <laughs> privately and socially. Um, hey, it it was a hunch when I saw the way that it fell together. You know, we've talked about it a few times that a few things had to come and a few speed bumps in the way, but those were overcome and here we are. I don't know. Yeah. It's coming up aces. That's a good way to put it. I think, um, I just want, you know, I'll, I don't want to jinx it. You know, there's a little bit of, I, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious and, you know, I'm okay putting a few, I don't think what I say here or what I put out on Twitter or anything like that is going to change the fate of the Oilers. But, um, 
it's so damn close now that it's like, you know, saying shutout in the last two minutes of the game. Like there's a part of me that's just like, I want to get there and hope it happens. Cause um, I can't imagine anybody anywhere at any time, let alone anywhere for the Oilers this year in this city or anywhere in this country that was going to predict an undefeated season. So I'm telling you, if I pull this off, I want my credit where it's due, man. Um, I said it was realistic, right? I think it, 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 it was. And all they had to do was keep doing exactly what you and I both conglomerate and talked about it. And it's happening. Here we are. And they put that together by winning in different ways. They're doing it the right way. They're, you know, who to bizarro world, who'd have thought that we'd be sitting here talking about their power play being the biggest problem. Yeah. Yeah. I keep, uh, I keep reverting back to that. I think, you know, the amazing thing about that is uh, that was everybody's commentary about the Oilers uh, last year, year prior was they're nothing without their power play power. The play merchants. Merchants. Yeah. I mean, we heard it all. Um, this team is, um, you know, it's not that their power plays the worst in the league, but it's certainly not, you know, it's nowhere close to what we, you know, have come to expect over the past couple of years. Um, you know, and you and I argued at length about goaltending. <laughs> Stuart Skinner's made a big, uh, big change, big turnaround. But what I, when I look at this and I go back to uh, outside of the first two games of this win streak, nobody's put more than two past the Oilers. Mm-hmm. That's unreal. How many, sorry, what did you say at the beginning? 13 of 14? 12 uh, of 14? 12 of 14. Wow. So in the first two games of the win streak, they won 6-3 and 4-3. to three. And then outside of that, nobody's mm-hmm. put more than two past the Oilers in 12 straight games. I mean, that's, uh, that's unheard of. That's unheard of in this league right now. It's They're crazy. absolutely... Um... Look at I just said bizarro world. What what Edmonton Oilers franchise or club do we know of any time that starts starts okay? Because we always used to start crappy. But this kind of finish, man, we're we're Mariano Rivera of the <laughs> NHL right now. Like we've when our foot's on your throat, you're done. You're done. George Saint Pierre. Like if we're you're you're not getting up, man. It's it's 26 and 6. We've outscored our opposition in the third periods. Yep. Over the last uh 14 games. Jack Michael said it last night that what did he say that uh in the last 10 minutes of games, it had been six or seven straight that nobody had got more than three shots. Three shots, in, yep. In the last 10 minutes of games, and I think they got three or four. I think they might have got four. I was going to check the NHL to see if that one got called back because I was mad. I wanted them to keep that streak, but still, right? This is foot on your throat, ending you type of stuff. Um, you know, and last night is a real, real, real microcosm or micro example of kind of what this whole thing's been. They they knew what they needed to do, when they needed to do it, and the team did it, right? Like Skinner kept a minute. When he needed to, that game game could have been four one five one. Um, you know the one that went past him certainly wasn't his fault. But what did Bruce McCurdy say on the call to hockey last night? I made a note here. Um, expected goals five on five in the first two periods, 
were 0.7 for the Oilers and 2.6 for Columbus. In the third period, the expected goals five on five for Columbus was 0.001. Yeah. <laughs> and Edmonton's was 1.48. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> well, I mean, you look at this, they, they, you know, this is, you know, talk about winning every which way. Right. I mean, I, you know, I, I said after the end of last night, I mean, that's not a game unless Stuart Skinner keeps you in that one mm-hmm. right through two. And then you don't need mm-hmm. them in the third. Like when you say you they're, winning, you, they're winning every which way, like they're winning every which way in a, in the same game, even like that was, that was a tale of two games. That's, that's like, you, you can't look at For that sure. and say, that's not a whole team game because there's yeah. part of that game where Skinner's the one that's the all-star and then the second half where the team comes in and just does everything right to finish it off. And it, this is a 4-1 game that's one in the third period, and not one of those is an empty netter. Or a Connor McDavid. Or, or And that's the other thing. Like, Connor McDavid's been Connor McDavid, but he's not coming out and getting four points a night. Yeah, he seems off, to be honest, and maybe we can get into that <laughs> later. But, well, but, I, I don't no, know. He, he does. He does. He's, he, he's, I kind of look at it a different way. He's He seems like he's riled up, like, and he's playing a bit more of, like, he's getting – he's more physical than I've ever seen him play. He's changed his game a little bit. I, 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 and I don't right, know if do. it's off at all. I, I just think he's changed his game up. I do, but I yeah. do think it's a little bit because of necessity uh, to contribute be. in every way that he can. He's still got his speed. There's something off about his shot. Like he's hesitating to shoot and he's, I don't know. It looks. Well, the one between the legs eye last eye. night of Merzlikens, I mean, that didn't yeah. seem off to me. I mean, no, that, no, <laughs> and he had fair. one. He, he, he put a bullet uh, up high and just missed the net too last night at one point. I, I just think he's changed his game. I mean, I thought about it too because I thought. Like this, you know, we're used to Connor McDavid coming out and doing three-point nights, right? At least once yeah. every couple. And he hasn't done that for a little while. Uh, he's still putting points on the board. In that uh, Toronto game, there were flashes of this is, you know, this is easily the best player <laughs> in the world that we've most advanced player we've ever seen. Uh, but also in that Toronto game, he played like, you know, he was Kachuk or exactly. he was Corey Perry or, you know, like... I mean, I love it. I love it. Last night he laid a couple of big hits, and what a great thing to see uh, from from Connor. And I just, you know, you talk about this team, and and you look at comments from some of the likes of like PK Subban, and I just don't think he he appreciates the fact that you know. I actually I heard Gazola and uh, Dusty talking about it today, which is um, this team's playing you know, with like leadership from so many different levels lately. Yeah. That, uh, you know, we, th- this team is prepping themselves to win. I, I don't know if you saw Bob Stoffer's tweet earlier today, uh, about five, five V five goals during the 14 O and O run. No. You, did you see who's, uh, leading in points five V five? Just take a wild guess. If you don't know already. I don't know. I didn't see it. Uh, I would guess Hyman or Fogel. Fogel, yeah. yeah. Five nine and fourteen. Next wow. up, McLeod. Seven five and twelve. 
Well, and then Dry Dry McLeod and McDavid all have twelve points. And then Hyman's yeah. a six three and nine. <laughs> you know who saw that, right? Like who's Bizarro. It is Bizarro, and it's yeah. and hey, we're here for it. This is oh, this is the team I'm here that, for all of this. Yeah, like this is the team we want, right? Like Perfect you still get veins. to watch McDavid, you know, zoom around and do what McDavid does. Yeah, but I mean to see some of these other guys step up the way they have. See Ryan McLeod. I mean, while I was while I was saying we needed a new goalie, you were ready to ship McLeod out of town, and now look at him. He's he's been one of the best players we've had on the team. My caveat in shipping hit out of town is when he stopped playing around the outside, around the outside, around the outside, because he need he needed to get to those places. And for whatever reason, he he started to when he started playing with Drysidle, or once he started getting coached by Knobloch, or a mix of the two, whatever it is. But man, yeah, I don't know. McDavid's been. You're right. He's a different player now. Whether it's a change by choice, by necessity, or he's just like you said, leading in different ways or choosing to lead in different ways, you know, like the Toronto game, he just kind of put that thing on his back. He's minus two after a shift and a half and and then turns that thing around and he's plus one at the end of the game. Um, And just kept rushing the puck up the ice, like, like lightning, you know, like just, Oh, how about now? How about now? How about now? Kind of took it into his own hands. He will, he kept dragging them back into the fight. And I mean, that whole winning goal was a prime example of it. When you've got, Riley draped on your back and <laughs> you you get punched on the way down. You beat two guys to the puck in the corner with one hand on your stick. You, you throw a couple more punches, then you go throw a screen. And then you, while your team is celebrating, you're telling Riley, how do you like that? You know, like it's my, um, my good buddy that I work with said, you know, he, McDavid reminds him right now of uh, Gretzky and McDavid having a love child. Uh, sorry, um, <laughs> sorry, love McDavid being the love child of Gretzky and Aginla, which I yeah, love. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Sorry, I messed that yeah. one up. There's a one-liner. <laughs> um, but to your point about whether they needed Skinner, like, yeah, high danger ch- scoring chances in the f- first two periods were 10-4 Columbus. <laughs> we were getting rocked. We and then in the rocked. third period, they were 6 nothing Edmonton. None. You know, when I knew Skinner was on and when I like the, the moment that I had belief in him was in the Toronto game. Like, I mean, I was, I had belief before that, but that Toronto game, he came out and made some saves that were next level. You know, well, like he, he, he just, he's, he's feeling it right now. And he's, dude, I think you know, you're disrespecting him by saying you didn't believe until then. No, like I'm just. I just first said, things first. I, I just was right said and you that were I was. Wrong and you should have just believed me when I told you two oh, three yeah. months ago. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Second if thing. I believe, second, if, if I believed you out. every time, Calgary Flames would have a Stanley Cup. Yeah, well, oh right no, a President's Trophy, you son of a bee. Um, I would never give them a cup. <laughs> yeah, that's how they that's finish. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, horribly. Yeah. Um, you know, but that's it's living proof. I don't know. I just think that that whole. Uh, thing coming together all at the right time, right? Like it's just been an absolute thing of beauty. And here we are living the fruits of it. 14. I don't know. I think we're going to go 16 undefeated. I love the uh, fact that we get a week off to think about the fact that number 17 to tie the penguins all time would be against the uh, arch rival Vegas Knights. 
Um, that said, there I've been thinking about an that AHL lineup right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then to beat the record, I think they've got a. Who do they have after the Knights? It's the uh, Anaheim. The yeah. Ducks. Yeah. It's a tap in. So very, very interesting to see how these next four games all come together. I mean, they put the league on notice, right? Like this is, you know, this is a team finally getting its due. TSN, who I never thought would put the Oilers on the top of their power rankings ever. I mean, Bob the Bob the goalie, heavy hockey's Bob the goalie didn't even put Oilers on top of his power rankings, uh, but uh, but TSN did. You, you answered your own question without even asking one, Bob the goalie. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure he's he's got Skinner in his top power rankings. Upset, Jose, Bobby, yeah, Bobby, yeah. La, since American Thanksgiving, Skinner. 18 and 2 in 20 games <laughs> with a 933 and a 1.8. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's not bad, right? It's not bad. They've uh given up 17 goals in the last 12 games. Like that's the lot that's the calendar year. Since yep. since the clock turned 24 17 goals in 12 games. That's like New Jersey Devils. Marty Brodeur, <laughs> Stevens Niedermeyer days. Like, well, he, he it just, down. who are we? Who the he hell just are we? Beat the franchise record held by, you know, nobody big like Grant Fear. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. No big deal. Right? 11 in a row. Uh, and it's outstanding. I mean, the. The schedules helped us a little bit. These nice little breaks, no back-to-backs, you know, a nice thing. But hey, this is uh, this has been great. We got to enjoy it. This is you know, this doesn't come around every every so often. And and mm-hmm. uh, right now, it's um, you know, the best Canadian team in a very long time, right? Like no, what sixty-seven. Was the last time a Canadian team won 13 in a row? Now we've won 14. No, they had won 12. They won 12? Was it 12? Canadians, yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's the difference between you, me and you. I listen to Bruce McCurdy <laughs> while you uh, are off trying to convince people you're right about something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the one trying to convince people I'm well, right about something. Mr. It's easier pat, to pat myself on the back. <laughs> hey, I've never called myself humble. But... No, no, thank God. In fact, <laughs> thank God for that one. Humility out the window. I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have enough uh, energy, enough air in my lungs to stop laughing if you said that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. All right. Yeah. 14 in a row for the Oilers. Uh, We've got uh, some big news, which is, uh, uh, you know, uh, we got Jacob. I I think I know Jacob. Jacob's a good guy. Last game was the first time I was not worried about the win when they were getting spanked in the first. And... uh, you know, I, you know, Jacob, I think like I look at this team and this whole there's been two or three games where, yeah, the Oilers came out and they just seemed flat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, 
I, I don't know at what point in this streak, but at some point in the streak, I just kind of, kind of like I expected the Oilers power play to score last year. I expect the Oilers to come out on top. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that started late last year where we were yeah. just like, we expect them to win now. It doesn't matter how it starts anymore. Yeah. It's just a belief, right? That, and, and you got to think that that's how the team's looking at this, right? Well, they're certainly playing like it. Yeah, it's, it's it's absolutely phenomenal. It's great. It's great to see Ken Holland uh, has made a signing, Corey Perry, which we've all talked about. A guy that uh, what I don't know four years ago I was asking Ken Holland to sign. If you were a fan, let, look at let me just let me just put this up on a tee for you, okay? We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go bang a par five here. If you're a fan of this show whatsoever, you followed us whatsoever, and if you know this is new, then thanks for listening and hit subscribe and like and all those things. If you're here, then you've done that, and you know that Michael has said that we need a Corey Perry type player, no less than oh, seventy two hundred and fifty seven <laughs> times in the last two, I don't know, half a decade now. Um, here he is. So, you know what, it would be, I'd be remiss to sit here and give you my opinion of what I think about Corey Perry being on this team when I've quite literally been interrupted on this podcast by you dragging your Corey Perry soapbox into your studio. (laughs) So I tell you what, I'll put myself on mute for about 17 minutes. And why don't you tell us what you feel about Corey Perry and (laughs) his contributions and what he'll be to the Edmonton Oilers. Okay, take 19. Yeah, yeah. You know, here's here's the thing, right? Like, there's there are folks, I put out this, uh, as soon as he was taken off the ice in Chicago. And, uh, you know, I, th- I thought maybe there was some distant chance. But for fun, I put out there that Corey Perry uh, would be a nice addition to the Oilers at that time, thinking he was going to be traded. He said he's the kind of guy, and in, in, this has been talked at length in the past week or, or a couple days anyway since he's been signed. But Corey Perry is exactly the kind of guy you hate to play against, but you love to play with, right, and on the same team. And, you know, we talk about these players. We hate Kachuk, right, but he does well in Florida. Uh, you hate, you know, guys, uh, well, both Kachuks for that matter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Claude Lemieux would be a big, big guy. Uh, Look at, you know, Edmonton, Essa Tikkanen, right? Big rig, right? These are all guys that, you know, are part of, uh, you know, winning teams wherever they go. Uh, Big rig's probably the best example, but him and Corey Perry, I mean, they're battling it out year after year in the finals. Yeah. Right. And guy, you know, guys say, well, he's, uh, you know, look at him. We don't want him on our team. He hasn't won the Stanley Cup in his last, you know, three times to the to the final. And and I ask you, like, how many times have the Oilers been to the finals? <laughs> right? Like they just a Hall of Famer. They, yeah, he is a Hall of Famer. He's you know, he's he is exactly the guy that this team needs. And is and and the guy that, you know, I said this on the show that we had the other night when when the Oilers signed Corey Perry. But he is he is the guy that we wanted Cassian to be and never never really panned out. 
right? Cassian was that I think one, was the one guy series. Cassian to be, <laughs> and then yeah. we, we got rid of him. But I know yeah. what you're saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but you know, you know what I'm saying. And so I've looked at this guy. I looked at him like before he went on this uh, incredible run of Stanley Cup Finals. I and I thought this is a guy that the Oilers should should get right. The very first time that uh, he was a big part of the Anaheim Ducks passing uh, Edmonton in the uh, in the playoffs, and that hurts, right? Uh, but that's the guy you want. And, you know, he's a guy, he said it in his press conference, he wants to win. And I, damn it. Like, I love that. I love that about that. And, you know, you can see it in Connor's eyes more than I think you've ever been able to see it in his eyes. Like he's ready to win. I think this team has really turned a corner. I mean, I'm not planning any parades yet. Like, let's get real. Stanley cup's a hard, hard, hard trophy to win. If not the hardest in sport, Mm -hmm. but they got the guys that want to win now, right? They got the whole team, uh, whatever Knobloch's doing in the dressing room, he sure certainly turned a corner for them. Goaltending, they're getting goaltending. It's not like just what he's doing in the dressing seen, room, right? Like, but we can get into that. Yeah, well, I mean, and let's talk about that. Right? I, you know, this team is unbelievable. They're, look, you know, if I was saying goaltending, one other you know, somebody else, some other fan was saying we needed defense. I just heard on uh, NHL radio two days ago, uh, what is Johnston saying that the best defensive pair in the league, Ekholm and Bouchard. Oh, how do you, I mean, one's a Viking veteran that immediately stepped in and was our number one, and the other one's a point per game defenseman. How is How that even? Would have shot Bouchard out into like <laughs> out of a cannon for his defense, right? You know, and and uh, defensive pairing or def- you know, yeah, defensive, defensive pairing. pairing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that it's got to be an all round thing. I mean, defensive pairing because they're defensemen. I don't know about their defensive hockey, but you yeah, know. but they're. Bouchard got hidden metrics that some people seem to love. Um, you know, that still doesn't forgive that boneheaded mistake he still seems to make every once in a while. But you can certainly live with those when. Uh, and, I, and you know what I thought last night was actually kind of a down game for him. You seemed, I don't know, just not. Well, I mean, nobody seemed into it in the first two periods, but Bouchard didn't have a great third either, in my opinion. I thought Kulak was awesome, um, but Knobloch, man. Uh, it's it you know you give him it, you're not giving him enough credit by saying and I know you didn't mean it this way so you know forgive me but for what he's done in the dressing room for what he's done on the ice for what he's done on the bench for what he's done at practice for what he's he's still the boss of coffee and Stewart so you know if you've got superstar salesman employees the the sales manager gets credit for those guys. And Knobloch has got like ginormous check marks in all of those boxes. Ginormous. So it's not just what he's done in the dressing room. And I know you weren't discounting the other things, but this guy is a goddamn gold finger for hunches. Like the first time he ever sticks McLeod with McDavid and Dreisaitl to decide to go bang a game winner. Right? He put the entire team in a blender last night for the very first time. For the very first time as a coach, every line changed after the second period. 
And what happened? High danger scoring chances went 6-0 to zero for Edmonton in the third period. What, did they have five shots all period? Did they get like two shots in the power play the entire game? Columbus, like, let alone the third? Um, Knobloch's got Fogel playing like he's earned his salary and like might get that again. He's a bona fide top six. Last year there was Fogel haters. Um, Kane got banged up a little bit, and I think that was maybe the main reason he dropped down to the third line. But Knobloch figured out a way to get McLeod going. Let's stick him up there and try him on the wing. Who had that on their bingo card? Who had Fogel, Dreisaitl, and McLeod being one of the most effective lines in the NHL on their bingo card? I didn't Absolutely say the most effective. effective and consistent Fogel's been probably in his career. In his entire career. Yeah. Absolutely having a career year, right? Um, but then again, he's paid like a 40-point winger. And, and now we're getting it, right? Like he's finally coming into his own. Like he's finally becoming the Fogs that we all wanted. And, you know, like Knobloch's smart enough to get McLeod going. And then what does he do? Oh, Kane's feeling better. <laughs> Let me just, you know, throw McLean, uh, throw McLeod back down on the third line. I'll get Kane going again, which is exactly what's happened. And then McLeod on the third line, still scoring game winners. Right? Like, and let's not forget that McLeod's first goal to start all of this after not scoring for the first 21 games was an empty netter. Like, Knobloch had him out there. Right? Like, all these things are just coming up absolutely. You said my prediction's coming up aces. Man, everything Knobloch's coming up aces. Well, I mean, this this team seemingly everywhere except for one guy <laughs> seems to be seems to have it uh, have it going right now. Even the even in Bakersfield, uh, they're on a bit of a tear. Oh, and, uh, and they're a wagon there too. And and, and Campbell's playing well. Mm-hmm. Campbell's playing well in Bakersfield. Now that doesn't mean call him up and put him in the backup role. But you don't think that makes Holland's job easier if he's trying to move him at the deadline? Hell yeah. Oh, for sure. Of course. <laughs> it does. Yeah, that's that's huge, right? That's that's a big deal. All right. Let's uh let's take a break. Let's take that break. I'm gonna ask you a question about Campbell and Holland when we come back. So remember to cue that up. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> hey, 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 it's Oilers Live. We're back. Uh, from the break, we've got, uh, well, at least, at least we know we got one listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're, uh, we are back. You can find us at youtube.ca slash heavy hockey. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you want to tune in and chat with us, uh, we'll answer some of your questions, talk about what you want to talk about, but we've got a couple things here. Uh, Dash had a, uh, question going into the break. Uh, go for it. What's your thoughts? Well, hey, you, you had said that it'll make us a lot. It'll <clears throat> If Campbell keeps playing like this in the minors, it's going to make it a lot easier for us to trade him at the deadline. Leads me to this. And my brother-in-law asked me this, so it made me kind of wonder. If Soup keeps playing like this, who would you rather our backup goalie is when the Oilers start the playoffs? Pickard or Soup? I, yeah, I can't. I mean, right? I can't answer the question now because I wouldn't want the Oilers to bring him up 
right at the playoff time because I wouldn't trust him. But if he came up, and I, and I suspect that he's going to have to come up and play a couple games, and we'll probably see that, who knows when, but it'll probably be sometime in February. Mm-hmm. And when he does come up and, and he plays a game, and, and now the Oilers can actually afford to put him in for a game, right? Like they put themselves in a position where we're not in a must-win situation night after night, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And they put them into a couple games playing the way that they're playing. And, you know, I, I look, Jack Campbell was fantastic on the Leafs when they were playing a good solid game defensively and, and offensively for the first half of a season. Right. I think any, any NHL quality goaltender in his rhythm with a good team in front of him is a capable backup. So, yeah. Yeah, you know. so so if he you know he could come up and absolutely kill it, but I think if I had to, I would say I would still say uh, if that was the case, Holland and um, Soup came up obviously before the deadline, plays a cut really good couple of games. If I'm Holland, I'd still try to cash in on that, on his uh, current success in the AHL and maybe current success, a couple of uh, good games in the NHL, and see if you can't move him. Because I don't think I don't think the team's going to trust him right now, right? Um, you know, and and if you move him, you got to get. I don't know. Do you trust Picard as a backup? I probably not. So, you know, if you do move him, you got to have something coming back that's you know somebody, someone that's a capable backup. But it's clear now. And I wouldn't have said this, as you know, I wouldn't have said this two months ago, uh, that Skinner's number one. There's no one B anymore. There's a one A and a. Oh, <laughs> and that's, he's he's going to play 65, 70 games this year if he keeps yeah. this up. There's no one B. There's a one A and a one D. So, you know, they. Uh, yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what what would you do? Would you keep Soup in? Would you keep him for the playoffs? How would you play it? Yeah, you know what? I think there is an argument for that. I think, you know, anytime you're going to have to include him in a deal with his salary, you are, look, at like trades are all about asset management, yeah. right? So you've just got this, this scale that's tipping on both sides or, you know, balancing on each sides. And anytime you, you're throwing Campbell in, as one of those assets, <laughs> quotation fingers, on you know, and on your side, it's really going to heavily, heavily diminish what you bring back, or really hurt what you have to throw in. Yeah, I, sure I think you have that, to throw in an asset. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just not sure that I'm willing with the with the heater we're on, with the role we're on, with the chemistry we have. You know, do we really want to throw in a CC? Do we really want to like fuck Fogel would have been the guy that was thrown over the fire last year, but not now. Right. So I just, I don't want to be knee jerk on mixing up this lineup too much in order to ship somebody out with Campbell or if it's a first round pick or if it's a, do want to hurt our franchise that much? I think honestly, like maybe just let them play in the minors. Maybe we can find another goalie 
right? We've seen what we can see out of Rodrigue, you know, so that's okay maybe if he goes down to the East Coast or something like that or whatever. And then we've got two capable NHL backups in Pickard and Soup in the minors. And then we have a capable NHL backup up here with Skinner. You know, every team that's won recently is proven you need more than one goalie in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, look at uh, shades of 2006, right? I mean, I, although um, shades of last year, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just don't know when your goalie is going to be injured. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. You need somebody good to back him up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I my my concern is really on the trust factor, right? Like we've seen, we've seen Campbell come in play super well and then seemingly you know the a different Campbell comes in depending on what his mindset is um whether the team has a hundred percent trust in him or not will be the you know factor right and if he can come in if they if he can come in and play a couple of really good games then maybe that changes the whole discussion but Mm -hmm. there's still the fact that that uh his you know, his cap hit is, you know, maybe uh, against the Oilers moving forward next year, especially with the ground, uh, with the Brown bonus uh, pay and assuming uh, Corey Perry, I don't know what kind of bonuses he's got in, uh, but Corey Perry must have a few bonuses in there. So you're going to have those bonuses to pay next year. You know, you're going to want to get rid of that contract if you can, I think. But there's got to be a good backup in play. Now, That's, there are some guys out there that are, you know, Merzlikens we saw yesterday, right? There's been talk about moving him. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even been talk about Flurry, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I'd love to have Flurry as a backup on mm-hmm. this team, uh, you know, despite the age. Uh, but you got to be, you're going to have to be creative. And, and you're right. You have to decide that there is a player that you're willing to send out because you're not going to move Campbell without some type of an asset. And I'm not doing that before my playoff run, Michael. I'm not, I think, you know what? I just, does Corey Perry change that discussion? No, you just asked me the question of what I would do. I I decided this conversation's made my mind up. I would keep Campbell in the minors. Um, And when we find somebody better than Campbell and Pickard as a backup, we'll send Pickard to the minors as well. And we'll keep both of those guys because they're both NHL capable goalies that when put in front of a team that's playing like a wagon are capable of, of being just fine. And Campbell did that in the playoffs last year when we were taking it to LA game after game, we were taking it to Vegas game. We both played Vegas in almost every one of those games until it fell apart. And Campbell was just fine in those moments because he was, how do we put that enough. on in the cap space though? Like that's, that's the question, right? So if you like what you're suggesting is that we find a backup, that's not Campbell and not, and isn't Picard. Right. And we add them to the lineup. How did the Oilers afford that from a cap perspective? Something's got to go the other way. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, like I, I love how you're thinking, I'm just, mm-hmm. you know, from a business perspective, they just don't have the cap space to add somebody without somebody going out. And who's going out? 
Yeah, I think it's assets at this point. Like, I'm not sure that there's anybody you just want to put on the platter and and say, you know, we don't really need this guy at this point. Like, and there's very few guys that aren't punching above their weight class as far as salary and output goes. And I don't know, man. I I, I think you, you, you got to imagine there's an injury of some kind coming, right? Like, let's say a a Fogel or a CC or a whatever gets banged up. Like that gives you three or 4 million to play around with at the deadline. And you know, the, the thing about flurry is, is, is the money. So I, it's, you know, I'd love to have that experience and that's almost, well, you can send an asset, is, asset out and have Minnesota retain. Right. I mean, you can. Well, the most they can retain is 50%. And if you're sending an asset out, then it does have to be Campbell because I don't think you want to send out anything else that's a three or four million dollar contract right now because that means it's a CC or a Kulak or a Fogel. And I don't, I don't want to get rid of those players right now. Yeah. And I can't, I mean, in no world do I see Fogel going anywhere uh, for a, for a cup run. I think he's proven himself to be too valuable. CC mm-hmm. is is maybe the guy, but I I just I think CC is one of those guys that's an easy yeah. target on this line. Yeah, Why not? Exactly. But but I just Why? He's he's been good. He's good. Yeah. And and to your point, I mean there's look, I said this I think it was last week we talked about at the deadline. Like what do the Oilers do at the deadline? Do they even do anything? I mean, look at this team. Right? Like there's not you know, like you look at teams like New York who went and thought that they would, you know, upgrade every which way, and it completely backfires. Like you change the chemistry, mm-hmm. you change everything. Way too much. That's right. You know, I mean, there's I a think- lot of good things going on with this team, including Con- like Connor Brown might not be scoring, but it was said in the chat. I mean, the guy's been great in a number of other areas. Oh, I mean, we're winning games because of our penalty kill. And if yeah. you want to put guys on a pedestal for our penalty kill, it it doesn't take far to sort through the cards before you get to DeHarney or Brown. They're both excellent. Janmark as well. Excellent. Janmark's an almost perfect player if he had any offense whatsoever. Like, he's just so efficient on the ice. He's, I don't... Last time I saw him make a mistake, I think I was seven years old in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. That's, I don't know. It went wrong on me. You know, like it's never happened. Like he's honestly, it's. Yeah. And he's only scored one goal. Right. But you don't hear people screaming about Yanmark, Right. Like is, I mean, the expectation for uh, Brown was a lot higher, obviously. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but I think Perry know. was practicing with Brown and Yanmark. And like that's a pretty solid, tenacious, um, really responsible veteran third line. Yeah, yeah, and, and they're gonna get under a little people. slow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it might be. I mean, look, or maybe I, throw I, I, I'd be all right with that. In fact, right let's take a water. Water. Where do you where do you put Perry in the lineup? I'm going to ask you that, and you can ask me the same thing. Where do you put him in the lineup, and when does he start? So we and had to take out yeah. to put him in the lineup. 
He's starting uh, apparently on Saturday is the expectation, right? Or he's going to be ready for Saturday's game. For Nashville. For Nashville. Yeah, which is, which is which is too bad that he's not going to be ready for tomorrow. But it is what it is. Uh, oh, I think he's ready. ready for tomorrow, Michael. He probably is, but you're Why right. would they put him in front of them? Yeah. Uh, would, it would be doing Perry a disservice to stick him in front of yeah, all that Chicago yeah, media yeah, right. and Fair make enough. him answer those questions i think that was a favorite of perry but anyways i'll let you answer your question I ask. so he's starting let's say he's starting it's a matinee game on on saturday against the preds like i i really think you know um well a lot of people would like to take brown out of the lineup uh, you know and we talked about this a lot i mean i can't see it being anybody other than gagne uh and it's just you know, it's it's not because and Gagne's been hell. He's been <laughs> he's been a hell of a player for this team. You uh, wanted him to be, yeah. Like nobody expected it. Nobody expected what we've got out of Gagne. Uh, and um, you know, he's done he's done really well. He's 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 been there, of course. Last night, uh, <laughs> you know, a little bit of a bad giveaway, but yeah, once, once in a while, once in a while. For it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you're not going to take out uh, anybody in the top six and you're not going to take out McLeod. And I think you need Derek Ryan. Uh, I, I really, you know, everybody wants to take out Connor Brown. But no. I just, I just don't, I don't, I think like, I do think on a, and you said it, this PK has been a big part of our success. And Knobloch continues to put Brown out there because he knows. And look, Brown's sniffing at it. Like, you know, this is this is not like Is he? Well, I mean, he he's had a couple of great chances the last couple couple of days. And this, this Sure he's had the chances. What did he do with them, buddy? Well, this is a guy that's he's definitely sniffing. on the proverbial schneid. Like you know, he's that, sniffing. That I'd say his nose is busted, and he hasn't been able to smell for <laughs> months. I mean, he had a—he was in the right spot for that one that he shot back into the goalie, and then he—you know—he had a beauty one timer right that all the way dashed in it? on. My wife said that it would have been harder for him to hit the goalie than it would have been to hit the twine because Gosh, he had such yeah, an open net. But I net. think that's a guy that's in his in his position, right? Like, and he—you know—gripping it too tight. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Like, you know, last night you saw the look on his face when Holloway puts the yeah. puck in the net instead of him, right? They like, need to stick uh, Brown on the ice with McDavid and Dreisaitl at the end of a game for an empty netter. That's what it, that's how it happened for McLeod. Well, he, but he's they've been trying that too. Like this is a guy <laughs> that is like destined not to score, but he's had more he's had more chances at it than uh than Reader has in my mind. <laughs> like and, and you know what? His uh he looked like his his shot looked a little bit better the last couple nights. Uh like he was getting something on it. And he's still like he's a, like a dog on the bone. In the, yeah. on the PK, he does a lot of things well. I'm just I'm not ready to quite give up on him yet. I'm, I'm I've given up on the goal <laughs> aspect. Like I've literally yeah like, yeah you yeah, know. But, sure. but I feel like if he does put one in, 
he's going to put in a, a you know a dozen, right? You know. Well, I mean? yeah, and that's what I mean. Just get him that empty netter. Look, I'm going to say one more thing on Connor Brown, and then I don't want us to get too far off on our tangent because I yeah. want to circle this back to the Perry questions. Um, Connor Brown plays hockey to me like he's playing mini golf. You know, like there's, there's a clown and there's a fan blade going around and he's, he thinks the best thing to do is to just shoot right at the fan blade and hope it goes in and he gets a lucky bounce. Like it's, it's, it's kind of funny. I really do think that. Okay. So you said that you think Ganya comes out. Um, I'm going to hold off on my answers. Do you think that starting him against Nashville is the right idea? You insinuated that you wished he was available for the Chicago game. Oh, I, I mean, you, so you might, like be right. Corey, might be right. right. I want to see Corey Perry in the lineup like yesterday. Like yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And, and you know That's what? Cool. He's going to have to play and he's going to have to answer questions and he's going to have to do a lot of shit over the next little while. And regardless. Get, yeah. You know, I mean, look, he did what he did, whatever it is he did. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to deal with that. He is deal with, dealing with it. Well, and let's so, hope he has dealt with it for the yeah, most part, or yeah, at least absolutely. the problems that caused it, right? And I think we've all got and know people in our lives that have gone through substance abuse problems. And, you know, I've seen my fair share of it. That's for damn sure. And I've seen a lot of crazy things happen as a result of that substance abuse. And, you know, if that's a guy that had a substance abuse problem that produced a crazy situation well that's pretty normal right so you know i know a lot of people that would love a second chance and maybe with a guy like perry's persona it's a third or a fourth chance but at the same time i don't know i i know you and i were talking um one-on-one you know during that press conference and we agreed that it, it looked very sincere and i would agree um where would you put him in the lineup I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Brown, Yanmark, and Perry would be a great. I think Ryan was in on that too. Now that you say yeah. that out loud back to me, but still, like that veteran, reliable, on the ice at the end of every game. You know, you got him penciled into the power play anywhere. Uh, he's got to be second power play. You know, you can't take it away from Hyman. Yeah. Right. Um, but. You know, it, do we have a first power play unit right now? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, why? Because the second one's so good after they scored last night. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, they, you know? like their power play just can't see. I mean, they look really good. Like they're doing. You know, they they can move the puck around like only yeah. they can. But yeah, man, can they not? They just can't seem to put the puck in the net. Uh, okay, well, here's here's. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I got some no. takes on it, but I want you to finish out. No, no, I'm I'm done. You go ahead. Let's hear what okay, you have so, to say. Okay, so you know what? Honestly, I think it's a mistake to put him in the lineup. I have the complete opposite opinion of you. I think that first things first, It if they had him in the lineup versus Columbus, then they have to have him in versus Chicago, and I don't think they should have him in the lineup versus Chicago. So I understand the let's go the game after Chicago theory, if that's the truth and that's what's behind it. That said, I disagree with that theory as well. And wholeheartedly, I honestly wouldn't put Corey Perry in this lineup until we lose. And I don't care if that means he sits on the bench for another two weeks or in the press box, because what they have right now is something special. And everybody's been a part of it. Everybody's been a part of it from top to bottom. And 
maybe he's what we need down the stretch. Maybe he's what we need in the playoffs. Maybe he is. I'm sure he is. In fact, I'm positive he is. But let's not let that change what's happening right now. And the flip I think side to that, that was is, the philosophy. Oh, you finished. Sorry. Yeah. End of the sentence. Or you know, I as you know, I like to speak sentences and paragraphs. Um, the end of that is, is if he comes in in that Nashville game and they lose, he don't want. He doesn't want that smoke. Like now, now you ruined our streak. Before we could have played Vegas after the break to tie the NHL record, and then like, what if he? We've heard this a billion times. Game shape is game shape. Practice all you want. It's not playing a game. And what if he makes a mistake? Remember how Holloway started the season last year? Like walked out first shift giveaway, bang, in the back of our net. What if that happens? Then like now we vilified Perry more than he already was. And now I don't know. I don't like it. I think maybe you start him in Vegas and you make him be part of that 17th game. And then so be it. And then he's had the week to practice with whoever. I don't, but my, my opinion and my hot take on that is I don't think Corey Perry should hit this lineup until we lose a game. He hasn't earned it. So he here's earned my, it. here's, here's my thought on that. And, and here's the flip side of that. Holloway started in the middle of the streak. Gagne started in the streak. Both right. guys on the team yeah. on this roster when we started this season that have been where yeah, you know, they both started in, in the season, one. but Holloway hadn't played a lot of games, right? I mean, he, you know, he certainly wasn't a part of this streak. He wasn't a part of the uh, yeah. turnaround, right? With like, all due respect to Corey Perry, he hasn't done shit for this team yet. No, Those guys have. Well, yeah, I, I just, I think you, you know, if you're going to put Holloway in though, and, and there was always the, and you got a young guy that uh, it had he come in and the streak ended. I mean, would you, were they worried about him and his confidence? I mean, I, look, Corey Perry, Corey Perry is not some new kid on the block. I mean, like developing is, Holloway is a franchise. Corey Perry's a right vet. Now. We don't right? need to develop Corey Perry. Well, that's why I'm, say, I'm saying, like, you don't. You're an uh, Octane's point on them putting Holloway in moot. To me, I don't think that matters whatsoever. He's on the team. That's why they injected him. He was injured. And they gave him two games down in Bakersfield and let him play center. And he lit it up. Lit it up. And they could use him to play center. So clearly, there was an experiment there. And yeah, of course, you're going to bring him up when he's ready. And you know what? Holloway's been awesome the last two games. I, I, you know, Durson says it here, right? Like, this is exactly how I think. You, you went and got him because you thought he'd make you better. That's a hundred. We're perfect. You know, yeah, we are We're perfect. perfect. Why do we, but, how do you, you don't get better than perfect. Well, why? then why did, they, why did they even sign Corey Perry? For the playoffs. Ah, I don't know. I'm, you don't I'm sign serious. a guy and then not play him. Yeah, you just don't. Yeah, I mean, it Josh. like you can't. Josh you got to put him in the lineup. You two boneheads, go ahead and agree, Mike and Mike. <laughs> you 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 signed him so you could play him. He'll be in the lineup Saturday. I mean, I you know I get what you're saying. I'm not saying that you know it. It's not. Uh, it wouldn't be like in the in a perfect world. That's kind of how you might play it. But that's not how they're going to do it. They're going to put him in the lineup Saturday. He's playing on Saturday. He's not like a there's no in no in no him. world are they going to sign Corey Perry and then sit him when he's ready to play. Yeah, yeah, there is a world. 
the world where you're about to set an NHL record for the most consecutive victories in the history of the league. That's the world, Michael. What they're doing is special. I 100% agree. Kick your soapbox out of there. Like you're not even using. This is not a soapbox. I just don't see them not playing Corey Perry. Like, how do you not play a guy that you just said earlier in the show is, is likely a hall of famer. How do you because not play we don't that guy? need a Hall of Famer in your lineup when you've won your last 14 in a row and 23 of your last 26. That's why. You need him in the playoffs, and you need him in the dressing room, and he'll be just fine in those two things. Why are you going to throw him out on the racetrack and maybe get him banged up? Why well, are you, you going to have ask him run out of Maybe get suspended. When, ask the Oilers that when they play him on Saturday. Yeah, like I, I, I don't like, doubt I, it. I I agree I get with what you. You're I know he's saying. playing Saturday, but I get I think what you're saying. But he's playing. Like I, you know, I like I can't see them not playing him on Saturday. It's just not what they they didn't sign him. He wouldn't have signed if he thought, look, I'm you know, I might sit until we until we lose, right? Like <laughs> it's just not, you know. There's no, I you know, I just can't see that happening. Maybe I'm wrong, and and if you're right, I get it. I get what you're saying. I get, I get this idea that you don't want to change. Just like we said, what do you do at the trade deadline? You don't want to change the team up. But at the same time, this is, you know, he's on the team now. Like he's a part of the team. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's practicing with them. He's a part of the team. Yeah. And that should be his part yeah. on the team well, practicing and <laughs> sitting in the press box <laughs> and doing cool things in the dressing room to keep guys loose. And giving his advice and sitting down with young players, and you know, uh, look, yeah. I know I, that look, I, I get what there. I get what you're saying. It's just not gonna. That's not how it's gonna play out, right? I know. Like, I know. Whether whether I, I'm not I'm not arguing that. Or not, I'm not debating it. No, yeah. I know. I, I'm quite confident he's gonna be in that Nashville yeah. game. Um, maybe it pays off. Maybe it doesn't. But if it doesn't, you know, it'll just be one of the many things I've been right on with you lately. And I know that camp is out there. Like Rye guy in the chat says, I I care less about the record. (laughs) Oh, no, no, no. Way way more than one thing. Rye guy in the chat. I could care less about the record. It's about winning the cup. And I understand that statement, but like your road to winning the cup is trying to win every game. So, I mean, I I think right now in trying to win every game, you keep a winning lineup in there. And I'm sure that play the assets you have. Right, yeah. like it would just be like, and I mean, he's screaming back at his reason. He's like, "Yeah, but we need yeah. guys in there so that they're seasoned and ready for the playoffs." And I get that, right, guy? But that's still forty games down the road. This is special, and we're three games away from special. There's forty so left. They, let's say they we put need three more. They put Perry in special. They put Perry in playoffs and four against Nashville. They put yeah. Perry in against yeah. Nashville. Yeah, and Scores the Oilers on himself. Lose. Yeah, hawks up the puck. Yeah. So what, the other what, way. Like, you think that Perry all of a sudden, you know, and he gets, garbage? And he gets suspended for 20 games for <laughs> well, elbowing yeah. somebody. Okay. And well, by the Tough Call podcast standards, he's out for the rest of the season. Now we don't even have Corey Perry because you put him in versus Nashville. And it's all your fault. Well, you're going to have to play him eventually. Yeah, I, when I we know. lose. I told you, you just, when. You play, you play the assets you have. Next time right? we lose. You same know, thing it, with Pickard. This game is like, you know. I think it's Skinner's streak to lose. No, Put it's him in, time streak to lose. 
you know, hundred percent. Like this has not all been Skinner. Skinner's been a big part of it, but every yeah, everybody stepped up. Yeah, everyone, including Cece. Yeah, I could care right? less if Perry yeah. came here to be a cheerleader or not. That's what I would make yeah. him be until he's earned his way into the lineup. Everybody that's wearing an Oilers emblem that's on this streak has earned their way into that lineup and deserves to be in that lineup. I take so, so out, you don't no think problem. you don't think Perry has earned his way into the Oilers lineup? Nope. Okay. Not I'm during just, a fourteen-game winning streak. <laughs> you play the assets you have. I mean, not I, during a fourteen-game winning streak. I can't. See I put him into the lineup <laughs> like you. And against the Columbus Blue Jackets, if it didn't have a 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 game winning streak on the line. Yeah. You're about to make history. Yeah. I just look, I get it, but you you're know doing what? that for Knobloch. You're doing that for Skinner. You're adding to those guys' legacies and records. You're you know what I mean? Like you're erasing the eighties Oilers by doing this shit. You're getting rid of the I, it's just so important. I really like it doesn't Sure, it doesn't matter because it's not raising a cup, but it only takes three more games for us to do something that nobody else has ever done in the history of hockey. So let's yeah. let's I do think that. Jake, you know? Jacob hits on it here, right? One guy's not going to lose us the game. One sure guy is going to win us the game. One guy can lose you a game easily. You absolutely. Yeah, but can. it could be anybody, and it's not necessarily going to be Corey Perry if he yeah, can line yeah, up on Saturday. Sixty minutes play it. No, look at and he's not going to play you guys a ton no, hey, but look, 60 minutes play out and it's tie game with 30 seconds left and he makes a boneheaded move and either is sitting in the penalty box <laughs> look, or if you, can, if you can call and that. then they score, <laughs> then he is going to get blamed. I'm not saying he would legitimately yeah. be the reason that that team lost because it is one and lost as a team, yeah. but he is going to get vilified in that moment. I, he is. So why are we going to put him in that mindset? He just fought his demons he just went and tried to make him, you know, and now he's going to come and have to walk into Oilers fandom who already hates the friggin' ducks, who already hates Kessler and Perry before they put this jersey on. I don't know, man. I, I why that story why? could be any Oilers two or three right games. Now. Perry's played 1700 games in his career, not that many, but you know what I mean? Like, what do three more matter? Belichick, Belichick wouldn't play him. <laughs> Josh says, yeah, you're yeah, right. Is, you, you're is right. Like a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> of course, they only play so many games a, a week there. But <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Corey Perry, what's what's everybody got? What's the odds on Corey Perry playing Saturday? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. But I hate. All right. It. All right. <laughs> When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more Oilers hockey. We'll talk about uh, our good boy, Ryan Smith, Captain Canada, being called uh, to the International Hockey Federation's Hall of Fame. Congrats to him. We'll be back right away. This is Michael from Oilers Live with Dash as my co-host. See you shortly. Hey, 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 it's Michael here, Oilers Live with my co-host Dash, Dash in the Park. And we're talking a little bit of Oilers hockey, 14-game win streak. Corey Perry signed. Lots happening still, despite 14-game win streak. Lots to talk about. Uh, before we hit the break, we never did get Dash, who you would take out in the lineup to put Corey Perry in. No, I agreed with you, Gagne, when you said that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he okay. was meant to be the extra forward on this team, and that's his role, and... 
he's already proved he's really good at coming in when he's asked to and producing in those little moments. So yeah, I think, uh, you know, and, and again, I, Hey, that'll spark up the debate as well. If he's the extra forward and we brought in Perry as a full-timer, then, you know, why would the extra forward not step aside? And Gagne has been in and out of this lineup during the streak and it hasn't hurt us. And I, I get all of that. I get all of that. And it's not necessarily about the chemistry. It's about the fact that, Corey Perry just might make a mistake. And that one mistake, if it's at the wrong time, could have dire consequences mentally with this fan base temporarily or, or long. I don't know, but why do it for one game? Why? Yeah. I mean, we debate that. I just don't, whether, whether you're right or wrong about his, you know, whether he should play, I just, in no world do I see him not playing. I know. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. No, I'm not debating that for even a, a millisecond. Yeah. I know. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll still talk a little bit of Oilers hockey. We'll probably uh, somehow transition back into it. Uh, but uh, we got to talk about our guy, Ryan Smith. I mean, here's a guy, like, true, true, true Edmonton Oiler. And true, true, true Canadian hockey player um, mm-hmm. played the game, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the way that everybody would say the game should be played, right? Played with <laughs> played with a wooden stick, hell, right? Like, uh, you know, exceptional on the uh, power play and, and not fancy in any way, just out front of the net. Um, but like what's amazing and, and granted it had to do, it probably wouldn't be captain Canada if the, if the Oilers could make the playoffs, <laughs> Yeah, but, of uh, but there he was right. As, uh, as a leader on that team and, and just going out and playing hockey. Um, I haven't had the chance to meet uh, Ryan Smith, um, but you know, at any time that um, anybody that I know that's that's had a chance to meet him has about as many great things to say about him as that. I, I think you you had on occasion or once or twice. Yeah, I've met Smitty on several time occasions. I've um, yeah, yeah, probably four or five times. Uh, the first time was meeting him and his brothers at the same time uh, during the Horse Lake Bentley run. Um. I believe they were a part of that playoffs and um, not, I believe I know they were And Ryan Smith's brothers have played in, you know, that Allen cup and very close to those Allen cup finals because they are so talented as well. Um, those three brothers, I think were just amazing hockey players there. Ryan Smith is my draft class. Um, you know, I think we're, we're about a month apart in age. Um, you know, that, as I was growing up was, was the spot I was supposed to be drafted in. Right. When I, my hopes and dreams and born in 1976 and the 94 draft, you know, your Edmonton Oilers will select dash. Didn't, <laughs> didn't happen. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, um, they took Jason, well, they took Jason Bond senior if we're splitting hairs, but <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, I followed his career like for no other reason than that. He's, uh, played the game the way that, you know, a city that's blue collar like Edmonton would respect and has respected and admires. It was, it was hard work. It was passion. Uh, it was bringing it every day. Um, 
you know, we, we all pride ourselves. That's the Albertan way. I know you're out on a barge in the Pacific ocean, um, near Halifax, but you spent your whole life here. So you, you know what we're talking about and you're part of that. Uh, your hard work got you there. Um, Smitty is the guy that everybody loved because he never really had much negative to say and if it was for a good reason and because he was trying to push his teammates or, or what have you. He was excellent in the dressing room. He was a good man on and off the ice. Um, you know, that said, you said it, his nickname was born from the fact that we had a decade of darkness. Um, if we entered one right now, then Zach Hyman's probably your new captain Canada. And those guys are getting compared a lot and, you know, for good reason, right? They're, they're hard as hell to get off the puck. They're tenacious. They come out of the corner with it. They're good in front of the net. They're great on the power play. I'm probably more skilled, but. I don't well, know. And you know what you're getting every night. Like you knew what you were going to get uh, from Ryan Smith every night. Tenacious, right? passion, consistent. Yeah. Like there was never, there was never a night he didn't come off the ice and he wasn't the one with the most sweat. <laughs> you know they, you know, and, and noticed the most teeth about every night, right? Yeah, lost the most teeth. Like, just a guy that, and and what I love uh, the most um, is how much he wanted to play for Edmonton. Like he yeah. loved this. He loved the city. He loved he loved being an Oiler. You know, he's he yeah. stuck around. He really did. Yeah. He really did. And that so, swings me back to another story, right? And you know, there was meeting those guys back then, but you know, the most recent one was actually bumping into him at home Depot. And what it was, was I had paid for my stuff and you know, I'm in my own world. I probably had my earbuds in or something knowing me. It's probably listening to a uh, heavy hockey podcast of some kind, maybe some Edmonton sports talk. Um, and, and as I, you know, went to go pay and say thank you to the cashier. I took my earbud out and I heard a voice that was very familiar. And in my brain, I'm like, wow, that's a familiar voice. But I didn't know immediately, you know, swing my head back. And of course, it's Ryan Smith and his wife and they're buying this big brand new barbecue. And so I think to myself, well, why not just offer, you know, I see it's him and his wife there. Be an opportunity to get a chat in. Hey, Ryan, you want me to hang back? And I said, hey, Smitty, do you want me to hang back and give you a hand loading that barbecue up? And you know what? Like, didn't even hesitate for a second. Yeah, buddy, that'd be awesome. Yeah, for sure. Just hang on for a second. Right? Like, and then he pays for his barbecue. They put it on the cart. He wheels it out to the truck and, and we help him load it up. My first thing I realized was how skinny his legs are. You know, they talk about... <laughs> Guys like Crosby and whatever having tree trunks for legs. I was just like, holy crap, man. Like, just lanky. Lanky and gumby. And he had what he needed. He couldn't shoot the puck hard. He couldn't skate very fast. He didn't have a lot of dangle. But he has more power play goals than Wayne Gretzky. As an oiler. Unreal. Yeah, right? unreal. And that, you know, to me, that's kind of the big thing. Like, yeah, granted as an oiler, uh, but like, here's a guy that just, he just went out and played the game and he's got a franchise, you know, like, he, you know, mm -hmm. he's got a franchise record, right? Like a couple of them. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he's left on the ice by a slap <laughs> shot. There's nothing special about 
about uh, like you know you certainly can't compare him to a guy like McDavid or Drysaddle or anything mm-hmm. like that, but you could certainly compare him to Hyman. I, I'd still say Hyman is even maybe a little bit more skilled with the puck than than Smitty, but yeah. you just the heart, the heart, and and um, you know he still saw the game really well, and he wasn't scared to get into those. Uh, you know, dirty, gritty areas. Uh, great, great player for sure. All right. Uh, little tribute to our guy, Ryan Smith. You can check out Mike Dursa did an article on uh, heavyhockey.com. Yeah, great one. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Dave. Perfect. Uh, and I disagree uh, with everything you've said in the chat, but I did appreciate your article. <laughs> and uh, so, congratulations to uh, Ryan Smith, uh, inducted into the double uh, IHF Hall of Fame for 2024. Um, this may, I believe. Uh, who else will be in there? Yarmir Yager and uh, Puzar, Yaroslav Puzar. There you go. A couple other names. Uh, all right, uh, let's uh, let's finish this off. We got uh, probably about ten minutes left. Time flies. Yeah, we got the Black Hawk, Black Hawks up next. Um, this will be. Uh, we're going for fifteen. It's a home game. We're finishing off a homestand here before the all-star break. I mean, this is, um, I, I, Chicago's at home too. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Oh, sorry. Nashville's yeah, at home too. Pardon me. Yeah. Nashville's at home. Yeah. Homestand. That's what I said. Uh, so, Chicago's you know, two, two, two more games before the break, two winnable games for, yeah. uh, these Oilers. Yeah. What, like, when you look at this and you look, you know, there's been a lot of talk now, uh, which, which to me is crazy. I mean, you, <laughs> you know, two months ago, uh, we were worried about whether or not the Oilers would make the playoffs. Now they're talking about where they're going to finish. <laughs> right? No, it I went mean, from how we're going to be a lottery pick to holy shit, we're Batman 500 to holy shit, we're really 500 to we are a wagon. Yeah. I mean, it's unreal. Wait, wait what do you think? Do you think these like, this team has a shot at first in the Pacific? I mean, Vancouver's still I, I rolling. Know. I don't care. They're still rolling. Yeah, we've got a shot. Of course, we got a shot. I don't even care, though. No. Nah. Home ice. I don't. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's important. But home ice is nice. Nice rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. It's good rhyme. Good rhyme. No, I, you know, I'd love to see this team get home ice. But hey, look, I, you know, I kind of when I look at it, I I almost would rather uh, second in the Pacific. Why? Uh, well. For one, I mean, I like look. First is going to be pretty damn tough, right? Like it's not like Vancouver's. Vancouver's one of the teams that's on a roll too, right? Like they well, haven't slowed best down. Best team in the NHL. Yeah, they haven't slowed down. The best team in the NHL. So it's going to be, that. you know, you're going to you're going to have to. They're we're far enough back that, you know, you might have to just <laughs> you have to break the record and some. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of get back into that conversation, and they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get home ice in that first round, right, against a in division rival, likely be LA or or Vegas, most likely Vegas. Although Vegas has looked like an AHL team, they've looked like an AHL team. 
Uh, even with Eichel in the lineup, the game that I was at, they looked awful. Um, you know, so I Eichel, man, like that yeah. is not a good. <laughs> so I, you know, I mean, it and and LA is not looking particularly great though either. Oh, they've been awful. Um, so you know, I don't, I don't know who it, who it could be. I mean, that's, I think the um, other than I'm, I'm fairly confident now that the Oilers are going to be uh, in the playoffs come uh, come March or April. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would hope so. But I don't. I, it's hard to say who who the rest of the teams are going to be in the West. I mean, that would be, uh, here, look, this is a good conversation. I mean, Josh, uh, says if we jump all the way back to the division title, how burnt out would you be after that kind of run? I'd rather be sure we're rested and mentally focused on the playoffs. Now, do you think like, you know, when I think about that, couldn't have said it better myself, Josh, you're brilliant. He is. Yeah. But does this team look burnt out after 14? That's not his point. We're not at 82 yet. And if we have to keep grinding and grinding and grinding and grinding in the Batman system to get to a division title, why? Like, let's grind to get a record. Sure. There's going to be games we, we skip and miss and self-load manage on. You know that. I know that. And Josh knows that. So, I don't know. Are we going to go... 35 and five for the rest of the year. Like what's that going to take out of our team? Do we want to go 35 and five? Do we need some more adversity? We don't want to peak too early. Who the hell thought we'd be saying we don't want to peak too early. Wow. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, There's, there's, there's the thought that maybe we already have, right? Like, you know, (laughs) which is, which is absolutely astonishing given the start we had astonishing but i i would say to you like after 14 games uh, outside of i mean they didn't play the best two periods uh in fact it might have been the worst two periods they've played of this whole streak last game although there have been other games including that uh, the the last chicago game they didn't look great um you know but i i wouldn't say and i i think knoblock's done a good job of load management in a 14 game win streak if, as much good as you can job? Yeah. Yeah. Rework that sentence. An epic. <laughs> epic epic job. job. Whatever. You know epic what I mean. Job. Hey, yeah. let, let me ask it to you this way. Let me ask it to you this way. Do you think any other team in the Central outside of Winnipeg, Colorado, and Dallas, who have 64, 63, and 62 points respectively, are going to make the playoffs? The next team in line is Nashville with 51. I don't know if I see Nashville as a playoff team. Let me finish. If we're first in the division, second in the division, do you care who we get out of the Jets, Avs, and Stars? And by that, I don't mean that as a cocky statement. I mean, all of those are incredibly intimidating, tough matchups that are also close that I'm not sure I could pick it. Like I said, 64, 63, and 62. We all hate Dallas. Colorado beat us, and so did the Jets. They swept us. And they're all... Really yeah, I mean, our best so, bet to win the first round is to play somebody in division. So let me ask 100%. you the question this way. Do you, and, and this is why I think I'm right. I don't care. 
I don't care where we finish. Do you, now, do you care where we finish? No, because I don't. That dictates which one of those three teams we're going to play, and I don't think it matters. We're exercising demons no matter what. Yeah, as long as we're not in a wild card spot, I think we're all right. You know? Yeah, and some stranger, that's fair. I'm more worried about the Jets than the Stars. Yeah. You get goalied in, but, a, in a series. Yeah, like well, you can get goalied in both those series, yeah, though. That's the thing. Goalie. Ottinger can goalie you just as easily as... as um, the Jets can, and it doesn't matter. We're exercising playoff demons of some sort of decade, no matter what, whether it's the Jets, the Avs, or the Stars. So, you know, we got to get over that hump or that demon or whatever you want to call it, no matter what, in the first round. So bring it on. I don't care. doesn't matter. Let's just go into the season in a, on a wagon. That's all I care about. Yeah. Make yeah, the playoffs and go in strong. That's all I care. Hard to believe we're only at the halfway mark, right? For the Oilers, yeah. right? Like you know, they're two games over the halfway mark for the one season. game. Yeah, forty-two yeah. of forty or forty-two yeah. of eighty-two. Forty left. Forty-three. Forty-three. Oh, yeah. are we? Oh, right. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, sorry. I pay attention I to the details last night. Right? Yeah, you're a details guy, and I'm the guy that listens. That's Sounds right. good. <laughs> all those things come back. So you know my uh, predictions for the games coming up. Um, let's, let's get yours and then, uh, you can, well, Florida finish. I, I will, I will tell you this. I'm not going to predict a loss when the Oilers are playing the way they are. I mean, it's just, you can't, right? Like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be in, in the only guy maybe predicting a loss is PK Subban. <laughs> and, uh, and outside of that, um, or Lars Eller yeah. somewhere, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this I've never, you know, we, we've not been a part of a team, an Oilers team like this in recent history where it just didn't feel like they'd lose. You know, and I, and I think, and I do, I think about the Oilers power play uh, last year and every time they had a power play, I thought, I just assumed they would score. And when they get on the ice, there, with the exception of maybe one goal, one game in this whole 14-game streak that I, I, and I can't even remember which one, but I remember they started out a little bit slow. First goal was scored against them, and I just had this feeling like maybe they wouldn't come back, and then they did. That was, and that was, it was like a fleeting moment, one of those where you kick yourself in the ass and you say, what the hell was I thinking, right? Like, of course this team is going to come back. I mean, yeah. they just they just find a way to win, and it, and if it's not you know if it's not the offense getting the job done, then it's Skinner getting the job done. If it's not Skinner getting the job done, then it's the defense getting the job done, yeah. or it's the PK, you know, or it's even for that matter a timely power play goal, which just doesn't seem to be the you know be the uh, guarantee of at five on five. This team's this team is rolling. And every and up and down the lineup, and you know we'll talk about it a million times. The only guy not scoring is Connor Brown. I guess Janmark's not really scoring either. But those guys are contributing. Everybody's contributing. Yeah. And uh, you know, Skinner's not scoring. Skinner's not scoring. He had a he had a little chance that he could have taken. I think we'd all, I mean, that would just be the icing on the cake, wouldn't it, for this team right now? Yeah. Um, they're not even getting a lot of, like, how many empty net goals have they had in this? Uh, they haven't needed to. 
Our right? goals called back, or yeah, no, oh, no, yeah. exactly. But, goals called. Okay, back. look, yeah, I wanna, I wanna put this on you, and then I'll give you the floor to talk about the showdown. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, so anybody in their right mind that would predict a loss in these next two games will, you know, should be tarred and feathered. Um, when it comes to Tuesday, February sixth, can I put you on the spot? Do the Oilers tie the NHL record? Set by the ninety-two, ninety-three Pittsburgh wagon. Pegmans. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna beat the record. That's my honestly. I think they're gonna beat Me the too. record. After Anaheim, they might. Who knows? Yeah. Then it's, it's then it's yeah. L.A., Detroit, Dallas, Boston. There's some there's some roadblocks there. And I think In fact, they I almost hope they do lose it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's just move on from that. You know, if I'm gonna give Dursa or Rye Guy or any of these these boys credit in the chat, then, then I'll do it that way. Right. Like I, I do think it's important, you know, they're saying it's about chemistry, but that streak builds chemistry and it builds memories and all of that helps too. So let's do that in three games. Then let's go lose one. Then let's go worry about the chemistry. And who doesn't want to be part of history, right? Like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, all right. 30 okay. seconds. Thanks, left. Buddy. Uh, quickly, heavy hockey showdown coming up February 24th and 25th. 24th is the pre-party. Make sure you uh, check us out on Twitter at Oilers Live uh, for all of that. Uh, hey, it's been a fun night as usual. Oilers are, are a wagon. We know that. 14, they're going to be playing uh, Chicago tomorrow night for 15. Everybody have a great night. Uh, we will see you. We're never going to lose again! <laughs>